Well, what's up, gamers? It's your boy, John Boyega. <laughs> it's actually Jean-Luc. This is Crying in the Book Club, episode 44. If you fuck? don't know what that's referencing, there's a, a very funny John Boyega doing promo for Battlefront 2 video that I I don't know. It's stupid. Anyway, we're talking about video game st- comics this week, so I was... You, you say that, but I think I think you just opened the door for a little Star Wars. A little, <laughs> a little, a little bit of Star uh, Wars. It, you know, in that moment, John Boyega was like probably the happiest that he was will ever be with the Star Wars franchise. You know, coming Probably, of yeah. Force yeah. Awakens. Maybe, yeah. Last Jedi was, probably wasn't even out yet yet. No, I maybe had begun filming. This was like right after Force Awakens came out, twenty like mid twenty sixteen. So yeah, yeah. that's the voice of Alex, one of my co hosts. He's not supposed to start talking until I introduce him, but he did. Oh, what what a scamp! (laughs) Wow, a little rascal. Oh, yeah, little devious. Uh, Emily also said something before she was introduced, but that you know, Emily not following the rules. That's that's par for the course. <laughs> Have you always had green hair? I yes, I was born with green hair. Good, 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 good. Have you always had a half dead Garfield in your room, Alex? It's, he's fine. See, Look how life like <laughs> he moved. I I love that Garfield plush. That that is was truly a great find. It's uh, it's been in the background of all my work calls. Just since, since I got it, and it's got in, it's you know, it's a great icebreaker. Um, oh yeah, I bet. Oh, I love that. There are some calls where no one mentions it the whole time, and I'm like, oh, that's not a good sign. They're just like, no, no, not today, not today. So, yeah. I, I would always bring up the half dead Garfield if I was in work calls with somebody who had one. I think that's very so, funny. So because I have the, the Garfield who's less. More than less than half dead, less less dead than this one. He looks a little more uh-huh. normal. Um, yeah, I kind of switch him out a little more normal. Ooh, there oh, some Garfield humor for you. Next week we're gonna have chat on the show to talk about Garfield and friends. So I friends. will read Garfield for this show without hesitation. We should do that. It's true, but it's have, on the list. It is I, for gore. Yeah, I think I think our first our first brainstorming session was like, what are comics? And it was like, Garfield's a comic, and that's as far as we've gotten with Garfield. So I don't know, maybe maybe eventually. Um, read but, some Hagar the my Horrible. Gar- my Garfield. I mean, and then there's the whole Reddit where it's just like it's like our John or something, and it's just like weird Garfield stuff. It's the oh, I'm yeah. sorry, John one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah a yeah, weird yeah. Garfield is its own thing. Check out yeah. the super eye patch we'll but, about that. The point is, I got this you know dead gar- half dead garfield and another one who's less dead and then depending on my mood i put him there and then depending okay. on that i also have a bag that i sometimes put over his head uh-huh. so the start of the meeting <laughs> well that's pretty good alex is demonstrating putting the bag over garfield's head so that's which that, is, is so that's what and then it's like yeah yeah he looks like a hostage well if you i think if you put the he, that's not what that's not what came to my mind, but I, I could see the hostage. I can see that. <laughs> what came to your mind then? Well, you know, when you put bag. like a little white bag on someone's head and it's you know a little pointy, I'm like, that's Grand ah. Wizard Murphy. Are you saying I have a KKK so, Garfield who's half dead? That, that's what I'm saying. You you killed KKK Garfield. Oh, that's good. And, and have then, him on and display. He's here, he's here as a warning for other cats who. Yeah, I think it's good to have off. dead racists on display in your home. I do agree like with that. That's, yeah, yeah. I, I'm in favor of yeah. that. I do agree with that. Anyway, we're here to talk about 
comic book adaptations of video games. This is also something Boy, original, is it, an original brainstorming session. It was. Yeah. Uh, it, we weren't going to talk about Dishonored and Kingdom Hearts, We, but, you know, but in the time since we started this podcast, I, I decided I fucking hate Apex Legends, so we're not talking... Oh, yeah, and I also, I don't want to reread those comics. They are fucking terrible. And so, we're going to do Dark Souls eventually, but we wanted to give that its own episode, probably. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, we'll see. When I finish uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice is when we can, we yeah. can and talk when, about When I beat any boss in any Souls game, we'll, we'll do that. It'll it'll happen. I, I played a little bit of Dark Souls 3 once, and I was not very good. Good for you. I beat mm. Armored Core 6, the first good That's a cool looking game. game. That's a cool yeah. looking game. Yeah, it's uh, very cool. I just remember, I think, was Chad playing uh, 3? Dark Souls 3, Dark Souls yeah. 3? And it was just, he was in the call with us, and it was just an hour of him complaining that he kept dying. Yeah. And I think, I don't know what me and John Luke were doing. I don't know what Emily was doing, but... I don't know what we were doing. Talking, hanging out, no. as we're doing now. Kicking. Anyway, we each picked a comic based on a video game we like, and we're going to talk about them. Uh I'm a big fan of Dishonored. Some 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 of my friends might know this that I love Dishonored. I, it's it's cool. I like Dishonored. So I picked Dishonored: The Wormwood Deceit, which uh, was released in 2016 uh, in advance of the sequel to Dishonored, uh, the cleverly named Dishonored Two. Uh, it's written by uh, Gordon Renee, who is a known for writing uh, a fuckload of judge dread comics uh, as well as some video game scripts uh for you know big story driven hits like kill zone and alien versus predator <laughs> and it was drawn by uh an oh, italian cool. artist named andrea uh, olimpieri who's known for the shades of magic series which i have never read but i it has a lot of reviews on goodreads so take that guys for what can you we read alien versus predator comics <laughs> We, there are there are a lot of good alien comics actually. We, should, we, we read should, one for the old show, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we did. Like, was that a Brian Wood one? From what I no 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 no, it was like one of the ones from the nineties. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, we read some of the Brian Wood stuff because it was coming out, and on the yeah. old show we talked about comics that were new. So I think we read some of that stuff, some of those as they came out. But I was talking about when we were during COVID when we were doing the sort of book club format. Oh, I think yeah, we did yeah, an yeah. alien book. Yeah, because you love Alien. I love it. No, I'm a huge. I mean, I don't love Alien as much as Chad, but I. I, I do don't love think anyone could I, love Alien as much as Chad. We can all try, but we true. simply yeah. cannot. I mean, Alien is great. It's a franchise that didn't Alien have any cool. bad movies until 2017. So, shame about that. Damn. Uh, but anyway, back to Dishonored. Uh, Harvey Smith, who is the creative director of the Dishonored franchise, uh, worked pretty closely from what I read uh, on this book to make sure that the characters and, and elements of the world uh, were accurate to the canon established by the video games. And uh, The Wormwood Deceit was kind of a an attempt to build out a broader Dishonored universe around the time that Dishonored 2 came out. When Dishonored was originally released in 2012, it was very much like just the singular here's the game and it's an it's an incredible game but it had and it has like a really cool world and a really i think compelling story and i think especially like with some of the dlcs they did for the first game 
it, it, it are, are, are really good from a writing standpoint, but there wasn't much aside from the games. And so they're around the time the Wormwood Deceit came out. They also released a, a, it's not a trilogy, but there were three novels that were released and, and as well as an additional uh, comic book miniseries. Um, and the story is uh, set between the events of Dishonored 1 and Dishonored 2 and follows Corvo Atano, who is the, the player character um, in, in, both games, uh, he he's one of two options. Dishonored two, he is the default character. Dishonored one. I'm curious if you guys, I, I know the answer, but for the audience, what is your guys' familiarity with uh, Dishonored, the video games? Yeah, I when I saw the name Dishonored, I knew that it was a video game that existed, but I thought it was a military game or something just based on the name on its own. So when I loaded up the comic and it was a bunch of steampunk bullshit, I was like, Oh, (laughs) okay. So I could not have possibly known less about uh, this franchise. Uh, I did watch John Luke linked us to the uh, giant bomb at a glance video about Dishonored. And I watched about 15 minutes of that. So I got to see some of the gameplay after I read the the comic. But yeah, could not have possibly known less about Dishonored as an entity. See, and I can tell you could not have possibly known less because uh, real fans of the game refer to the genre as whale punk, not steampunk. I well... I it I would I will I will admit that like it isn't exactly steampunk, but that's like the closest it, uh, yeah. descriptor that I could it, uh, kind of attribute. It is it is vaguely steampunk, but everything is powered by whale oil and yeah. not steam. So that's the whale punk name. Yeah, it it has uh, a lot in common with steampunk as an aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Alex, what was your familiarity with Dishonored? I just realized steampunk is called steampunk because it's steam powered. So that's very, yeah, that's, oh, okay. That's really funny. Good thing I didn't say it out loud. So um, Dishonored, it was always, I think ever since I've known Jean-Luc, I guess not ever since I've known because 2016, anyway, I've always known it as a game where Jean-Luc's like, this game is very cool. And I'm like, good for him. Good for him. (laughs) Really happy. Happy that he's got games he likes. And then, I think it was Dishonored 2 that you were streaming in Discord over the course of like a couple weeks. And it was like, oh, it's lots of fun to watch. It's such a cool aesthetic, such a cool like game system and and the the way that it does stealth. It's like at that time was unlike anything I'd seen. And even still, it's like really cool in the stealth genre. And even then I was like, nice. It's good that Jean-Luc likes this. And then one day Jean-Luc bought the game for me. I think he bought, I don't know. I I think I own all all the Dishonoreds now. I don't know how how that came to be if it was all you or if i had one and then you bought two more but um so i've dabbled in actually playing the game but i haven't played a ton of it as you know but you know it's it's can't i have lots of time still to share this wonderful dishonored gift i'm sure and after reading the comic i'm more uh yeah more likely to jump in but oh well, that's yeah. that's a positive. Dishonored is really cool. I replay both Dishonored games like once a year. I, I, some of my favorite games of all time. Are there only two, or is there? Is there is so there's something? so there's Dishonored, and then Dishonored One has two DLCs: the Brigmore Witches and uh, one other that I'm forgetting the name. Of. Then there's Dishonored Two, and then there's kind of like a sort of sequel to Dishonored Two called Death of the Outsider, which isn't like a full game. Uh, it's a lot shorter, but it is like the sort of 
pseudo sequel to, to Dishonored 2. So there's there's a lot of if you are interested in Dishonored, there's a lot of Dishonored to be played out there. Um but a little bit, I guess, about the the plot of this series. Uh it takes place 12 years after the events. The the, the plot of Dishonored to, is is fairly straightforward. Uh there's a coup attempt in uh steampunk in the steampunk society in the city called Dunwall. And uh, the royal protector, uh, whose name is Corvo Atano, is framed for the murder of the Empress. Uh, over the course of the game, you get to kill all the corrupt bureaucrats who betrayed you in some very, uh, cr- let's say, creative ways. Uh, and some not so creative ways. Sometimes you just stab people or shoot them, which is, you know, equally as fun. Uh, and then it, it, the end result is he sort of regains control of the city and... Uh, his uh, daughter uh, is Emily Caldwin it succeeds uh, the throne from, from her mother uh, who was killed at the beginning of the game. Uh, this uh, comic book series takes place 12 years after uh, the events of the first game um, and follows a sort of side story of Corvos. Uh, he finds himself uh, investigating some illicit imports into the city of Dunwall and in the process uh, stumbles across a young boy who bears an uncanny resemblance to his long lost sister, uh, Beatrice. Um, and that kicks off an investigation into uh, the seedy world of human trafficking in Dunwall. Um, and he eventually, you know, is badly wounded, but stumbles across the, bo- the boy and, and, and finds him. Um, and while this is happening, there's this side plot um, about a character called Martha Cottings, who, uh, Corvo is kind of setting up to be his apprentice and successor. Uh, she's also investigating the case kind of simultaneously and is unable to find anything uh, conclusive. Uh, and she ends up being captured by uh, the people who are behind uh, the conspiracy because it turns out the boy is not actually Corvo's nephew, although for a brief moment he believes he is. Uh, he is instead a shade uh, created by one of the disciples of the sort of arch-villain of the franchise, Delilah Copperspoon. Um, he was a painting that was brought to life uh, to sort of try and trick Corvo uh, into falling into this trap. Um, but uh, at the last moment, the boy uh, dissolves into the paint. Uh, Martha Cottings is able to uh, uncover the true nature of the plot and, and foil it. Um, and she is at the end saved by another important Dishonored character, Billy Lurk. Um, but that doesn't really play much of a role in, in this, uh, in the series. She just shows up, uh, right at the end. Um, so yeah, that's the, the basic plot. It's fairly straightforward. All things considered, it's not like filled with twists and turns or anything. Um, but what did you guys, what'd you guys think of, of this miniseries? Did you enjoy it? Uh, did you not enjoy it? Did you absolutely hate it and resent me for making you read it? Uh, where'd you come down on it? Well, in the first issue, I think there was a bit of hatred, a little bit of hatred directed. And I was, it was, it reminded me of like people who write Batman where it's like, this is what I'm thinking. I'm Batman. This is so cool. I'm the coolest guy ever. My name is Corvo. I'm killing so many people, but I'm not, but I'm the protector, but I'm this person. Um, um, and then, Issues two, three, and four, I actually like got a better feel for the world, and there were some cool characters, and the art throughout I think is gorgeous and does a really cool job of actually uh, capturing the game and a lot of like the stealth sequences and stuff. And there's just some some beautiful panels that you're like, oh yeah, this is definitely from the video game, 
and the way that they play with color, especially like there's some infrared stuff and, and, and those things going on. So the art kind of carried it through the first issue for me. And then from there, it was kind of it was kind of cool getting all the characters and then with the nephew. And then you learn that you learn that he's the shade and he just kind of melts away as as like as that guy's staff just explodes. It's a it was a, it was a cool, cool book. And I'm glad I'm glad I ended up enjoying it more than originally was. So I was kind of lost <laughs> reading this book just because like as i said i could not have possibly known less about the setting for this series so like i and i feel like this is written for people who are into the game and like that's fine i think that's great uh that that's definitely not a criticism but just because of that it was a little harder for me to like get into like i agree with alex i think the art is gorgeous and it's like definitely like a well like a well crafted book but like i i will admit that i i struggled while reading it just because uh my lack of familiarity with the subject probably uh put put me at a, a great disadvantage in uh being able to follow like some of the stuff that was going on like you know the plot's pretty simple but just like the all, all of the the world around it uh was a little harder for me to follow. Uh, yeah. The, the book doesn't do like a great job of explaining like who Corvo is. Yeah. And like, like it's not what for, his... it's not for beginners and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because it it is kind of trying to tell like this self-contained story until like literally the very last panel, but it, it does. It's not. It, it is. It is definitely not new reader friendly. And honestly, I actually think that that's. I think that that's great. I think that uh, a lot of like adapted series stuff focuses a little too hard on trying to be for uh, like the potential of new readers when like mm-hmm. your audience is going to be people who already care about the franchise. So you should yeah. be you should be making these things with them in mind because they're the ones who are going to like actually support you. It's not going to be people who might come across this comic and have never played a game before. Uh, Yeah, totally. It's, it's a, it's tough because like, I don't, I, there's, there's like cool covers and like a cool art style, but I don't think you're going to get like somebody who stumbles into a comic book store and no. It's sees also, like dishonored yeah. and, and published by like Titan okay. Books, which is like yeah, not a, a yeah. major publisher. So it, it does feel very niche and very like, okay, we're targeted at this. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I still think it's bold though, because like you'd think, hey, our game's coming out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We should it get as many choice. people in. But at the, you know, at the same time, like I, I did end up enjoying it and it's like, this is cool and it does. I mean, from what I've seen, give a good feel for the game and sort of like the vibe and, and yeah. a, lot of, a lot of the cool things about it. It um, did I, give me a sense of the vibe of like the world of the game. I'll give you that. So you, like if I don't... ever if I ever wanted to try one of these games, even though I'm not really like a stealth game kind of guy, uh, I yeah, that I I definitely got like a I got the vibe and I that uh, that accomplished that. <laughs> You can always you you don't have the games are more fun when you play them in stealth. But one of my friends and I have 
coined the term Mirko Atano runs, which are the we just run through and murder everyone, which is, oh, no. is, is just as fine. Uh, it results in bad things happening at the end of the story, but you know, <laughs> you, you can. Dishonored is a really cool game because you have like this really varied like power set in terms of what you can do. So you can find some really creative ways to just unleash terrible mayhem upon poor unsuspecting like city watch guards and shit. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I actually agree with Alex in a lot of ways. I, I have read this before. I, I've also read the novels because my brain is broken about Dishonored. Um, but it it is not the most well-written comic in some ways. I, I it, It's hard to translate some of it, I think, because in the first game, Corvo is an entirely silent protagonist. He has zero lines of dialogue. And even in the second game, his speaking lines are minimal uh, compared to the other character. The other player character is his daughter, Emily, and she has a lot more uh, characterization in the second game, I think. But that is kind of an interesting challenge from a writing perspective and the degree to which uh, he is just written like Batman is still kind of shocking to me in this. Uh, obviously not exactly the same, but all of the, the monologue about like oh, his no, thought it's, process. It's extremely it's, Batman-esque. Yeah, it, 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 it absolutely is. And I think that it's, it's kind of fun in that way because like to re- have it read like, sort of like a superhero comic. But I think it, it definitely has some flaws in terms of the constant monologuing. Uh, I, I think that there's like, there. I, I think that there, there is more. There should be more room to like just let the art and the story and the dialogue and stuff kind of breathe without yeah. all the well, internal stuff. So, and like the, the the political intrigue, I feel like is a lot of the fun in Dishonored, other than you know yeah. obviously the killing and stuff, and that's that does well here. But you don't really get a feel for the stealth, which is like, how would you really? yeah make, do that justice it just feels weird to have an adaptation of designer that's not like has that at the forefront which you can't really do yeah. but still yeah and and it's it's hard because like they do have some of the powers on display here but not to the degree that they are in the games like because so much of the games is like giving you these like open spaces and letting you creatively problem solve and so the stuff that's here is like much more limited in a way that I think is fine for like telling a comic book story. Like, you know, the things that I'm doing in a video game aren't necessarily the kinds of things that you want to translate to like a novel or a comic. But I think, you know, there's a lot of sort of fun gadgets and stuff in the book that would have been fun to see here, but yeah. Um, But we should move on from just talking about our impressions of that uh, to, I mean, we can go to kingdom hearts next. Sure. Emily's uh, Emily's pick. Yeah, I I wasn't gonna pick Kingdom Hearts because what happened was I was like, okay, we have to do an episode on video game comics, but we're, I can't pick Dark Souls because we're gonna do like an episode on that probably. So I looked up the Wikipedia page for comics based on video <laughs> games, and I got to. Uh, I got to Kingdom Hearts and I saw it and I was like, oh, I really want to, but maybe I shouldn't make John Luke read the first volume of the Kingdom Hearts manga. But then when I made a joke about it in the group chat, 
uh, you guys both said, go for it. So I picked mm-hmm. it. And it is um, unlike, I think, the the comics for Dishonored and for Overwatch. This is not like a a lore building comic. This is quite literally just the events of like some of the beginning events of Kingdom Hearts 1. Uh, It's an adaptation of the first Kingdom Hearts game written and drawn by Shiro Amano, uh, originally serialized in uh, Japan by Square Enix's monthly Shonen Gangen uh, magazine, and then eventually released in Tankoban format, which is uh, the, the volumes that, that we read. Uh, we only read volume one. Uh, the first Tankoban was released in Japan in October of 2003. The manga was released in the U.S. by <laughs> Tokyo Pop uh, two years later in October of 2005, but Tokyo Pop went under uh, several years ago. So the rights for the Kingdom Hearts manga are now held by Yen Press who has been uh, releasing them in the U.S. uh, since. The first series, uh, just called Kingdom Hearts, consists of four volumes. We only read the first volume. Uh, Something interesting about this book is that, uh, unlike other manga, the the first volume of this book was uh, made in the format to be read left to right. Unlike uh, when you read manga, usually it's right to left. Uh, This was serialized in a gaming magazine called uh, Famitsu PS2 rather than uh, the comic magazine Gekken Shonen Gangen, which is what the rest of the uh, the the rest of the comic was serialized in. Uh, and then it was. If I can interject briefly, yes. yeah. that threw me off so it hard. Also, it... I forgot that it was. I forgot that it was left to right, so it threw me off as well. I, wasn't I, I was sure. so confused <laughs> until I... the bottom of the of the place where we're reading it, which was the legal one. It was like this reads left to right, and I'm like, I, yeah, I know that. <laughs> yeah, I I a hundred percent. I totally forgot about it until I went to go reread this for the show. Because uh, I've read, uh, I've only read the first two volumes, but I like that tripped me up the first time I read it, and it's been a, a while since I read the first volume, so uh, it tripped me up again. <laughs> uh but uh, in Japan, the series was later really re-released uh, from January to April 2007 as the three-volume Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, which actually is the version that I own. But I read uh, because I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want there to be any discrepancies. I read the the original version, which is what I sent you guys uh, for for volume one. So, uh, yeah, the Kingdom Hearts, um, as I said, this is just the, f- the beginning of the game. Uh, a storm hit, when a storm hits his island, 14-year-old Sora is separated from his friends Kairi and Riku, swept into a mysterious land where he meets court wizard Donald the Duck and Captain Goofy, who is a dog. Uh, who are on a mission to find King Mickey and return him to his throne at Disney Castle. Uh, 
in his quest to be reunited with his friend, Sora is tasked with defeating monsters called Heartless by using a special weapon known as the Key Blade. Along the way, he encounters characters from the Final Fantasy universe, such as Sid, Squall, and Yuffie, as well as various Disney property characters from Disney, various Disney properties, such as Chippendale, Alice from Wonderland, and Maleficent. Which actually, he doesn't meet Maleficent, but she's like the big bad in <laughs> she's the big bad in kingdom hearts one and we see her quite a bit in this first volume uh being menacing from afar um yeah like you know it's it's kingdom hearts it's pretty simple uh because it's a manga like the pages are a lot uh smaller in terms of like art per page and uh the like the first and last chapters of this manga are because we read i said we read volume one which is like how many chapters was it like 13 um and Mm -hmm. the first and last chapter are about 20 pages but then every other chapter is about eight pages so it's a, a pretty easy breezy beautiful cover girl read uh and i guess uh what i i feel like i know the answer to this but what is you guys's respective histories with kingdom hearts um just knowledge that people like it and that it somehow has sora and then all these disney characters doing things oh, so you've never played kingdom hearts no and me just not okay. understanding it and just knowing also like there's a game with a confusing name which is like decimals in it and i'm like i don't know about this yeah that that doesn't narrow it down unfortunately i uh have listened to the waypoint radio lore reason series on kingdom hearts which is like six episodes of podcasts that's fine explaining the plot of kingdom hearts i should check that out remember approximately zero except that i (laughs) thought the whole time this sounds ridiculous and i'm glad that i have people who will summarize this for me so i never have to play these games it's very ridiculous uh kingdom hearts is ridiculous and i love it so 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 much um yeah i actually for some reason i thought alex that you may have played some of kingdom hearts one or something but um yeah, Kingdom Hearts is uh, a little inscrutable in some ways, and I don't really feel like this comic helps that much, especially because they like really breeze over the beginning of the story, uh, where like Sora gets swept up into everything. Um, did did you guys? How how was your uh, experience reading this manga? Like, did you find find it hard to follow? I was so lost. (laughs) At first, I was lost because I was reading it in the wrong direction, and so none of the conversations made sense. Then I was lost after that because I read it in the right direction, and none of the conversations made sense. So I I I really wanted to give it a fair shake, and I feel like I did, but. I had a, I was, I was, let, let's just say, uh, praise be to Allah that, uh, the chapters are eight pages a piece because that made it, uh, much smoother. To, I would not, there. if it, 
if it weren't for how short most of the chapters were, I would not have uh, made us read the, that many. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was lost at the beginning, and I don't care for Sora at all um, through this thing. But when he's interacting with, like, Goofy and Donald, and, like, Goofy says something like, he he basically says the f word to someone, and someone else calls someone a bitch, and I'm like, this is great. This is this is fantastic. And I mean, all 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 jokes aside, I think I might actually play Kingdom Hearts because just like the idea of all these like Disney villains going, and then like Goofy and Donald like bickering with each other and like doing the stuff, and Mickey's missing. I it unlocked something in me that I didn't think it would. Honestly, I I, I, I won't I lie, know. Alex. I feel like you could enjoy the first Kingdom Hearts game because even though it is like it is weird because Kingdom Hearts is weird, like Kingdom Hearts one is like pr- relatively grounded as far as the rest of the series goes, and I think that you could enjoy at least like just that first game. Are there, has it been remade? Is it playing the game from there, 20 years ago? Um, I mean, there's, there's, uh, as this has been, the manga has been released as Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. There is Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, uh, the, the video game. So there is like an, an updated version of the game that you can play. Yeah. I, I thought it was just super cool. And I, I, mean, I think that you would have fun with it, honestly. Cool. As long as Sora's not in it too much. Oh, I am so sorry. Yeah. But Sora's actually great, so that's fine. I just don't know if this really <laughs> showed off. I like Sora a lot, and I, you know, he, I think he's uh, adorable, and so I, w- I was endeared by this. But I guess if you don't have the, uh, the, the, previous exposure to Sora as a character it might not Ooh, the uh, only exposure other than just like that was that he's in Smash Bros he is in and Smash people Bros were excited. that's true like, oh. yeah because it was kind of a meme for a long time that like oh you know they should put Sora in Smash Bros and then like it actually happened and that was kind of nuts uh but it's very funny because like as far as Sora's inclusion in King and uh it Smash Brothers goes like the only reference to Disney that they were really allowed to do is the fact that uh, Sora's keyblade has like a little keychain at the end of it that has a Mickey Mouse head on it. Like all of the Kingdom Hearts in Smash stuff is like related to exclu- like characters that are exclusive to the Kingdom Hearts series and not like any of the Disney stuff. Because yeah, I'm, I'm right. kind of surprised this was made like the well, fact see, that Go- Goofy like swears and like Donald's like shut up you idiot like well the thing is about, the reason that Kingdom Hearts exists is that uh the, like the the main guy for Kingdom Hearts found like they in Japan like Disney and Square Enix worked in like the same building and the like main Kingdom Hearts guy found himself on an elevator with like a big like person from Disney and literally elevator pitched this idea for a game and 
and then Kingdom Hearts got made. And honestly, it's like kind of it's like a it's kind of a huge smash success. Like Kingdom Hearts is massively popular. Uh, It's kind of insane. Like the the scope of Kingdom Hearts uh, as it is. But um, yeah, I didn't really expect you guys to enjoy this that much because it it is definitely written just for someone who also already likes Kingdom Hearts uh, and it doesn't really try to hold your hand through any of the plot of Kingdom Hearts, which is weird to begin with. Um, but I'm glad I got to make you read it. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> you should definitely you should play Kingdom Hearts, Alex, and you should let me know how it goes. Uh, Will do. I heard three was bad. Uh, I mean, that's you know, three was divisive. Uh, okay. I I liked parts of it, and I think parts of it were bad. Hmm. Doesn't it have Toy Story? It does have Toy Story. And Winnie the Pooh. It, oh, it's uh, yeah, Winnie the Pooh is in. Uh, I know definitely Kingdom Hearts two. I'm pretty sure also Kingdom Hearts one. Does he fight? Uh, no, you just Good. go to. You, you can go into like the storybook. That I has, feel like that's what I'm gonna do for the whole game. Like once I hit the Winnie the Pooh part, it's just like you're just gonna stay there, just, just hang out, just gonna chill, just um, chill in the hundred acre wood. Yeah. 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 Just be just be careful. Uh, after Christopher Robin left them there for twenty years, they became <laughs> uh, horrible killers. Tigger's gonna be the new one because he's I in the public domain. Woo! Was, I was also gonna make a blood and honey joke, but I'm glad that John Luke got to it first. Because I still haven't seen it, but I'm but I did listen to the episode that you guys did about it. So you, you, you did, sh- or did did I listen to someone else talk about it? Has it not been released? Yeah, that's, that's so no, bad. it hasn't been released because John Luke. Was it's not. Edited. That's on me. Yeah, I think. But, I, I think we must have talked about it on a, not in a lot of podcasts. Oh, I think we have we talked about did, it for yeah. sure. Um, but no, you you shouldn't. I this, this is the official stance of crying in the book club. Do not watch yeah. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. It is a bad movie that I only watch because I'm a glutton for punishment. And I you guys are will do any watch for content. The sequel. And then you'll let us know if it's worth it, right? I won't see it in theaters. Like that's yeah, I'm not going to repeat that mistake. <laughs> I don't know. Jean Luc, you've entered your I'm going to go to theaters for everything era again, haven't you? That's true. That's true. I, I Damn, have. But go. not for that. Not for Alex, that. you want to tell us about uh, my hated enemy, Overwatch? Over, to, the to, bane of my existence. To, to the former heroes of Over, Overwatch. Uh, hi, this this is Winston. Ah, that's not right. But whatever they play at the beginning of it, you know? And this is the, mm-hmm. that's good stuff. But that was Overwatch 1, which is. Well, actually, yeah, it's good. Overwatch Anthology is, uh, you know, based on the old Overwatch game. Um, And Blizzard didn't have a story mode in that game. So they were like, hey, instead of a story mode or a campaign, we're going to kind of do the story and lore outside through, like, you know, transmedia stuff like animated shorts, which were super pretty, and uh, comic titles. So between April 2016 and 2018, there were 16 10-page chapters released. Some of a couple more pages, some of a couple less. And each focuses on a different Overwatch character or characters and kind of ties them into the game story and lore. And is like, what what are they all about? Give us like a quick pitch about them. Um, 
And in April 2018, Blizzard released Retribution, which was the last issue of the comic, and it tied into the game's archive Retribution event, and no further issues of the series were released, although Blizzard later released a comic book featuring a tracer called London Calling, and that one was actually a continued story, which um, was neat. Um, But yeah, 16 issues of very varying quality. Um, Most of them, most of them very bad. I wrote scores for each one. There's 16 of them. but before that, some notable things that happen. There's a there's an issue that happens at Christmas time, and Tracer gets a, is buying a Christmas gift for her girlfriend, and that's when you learn that <gasps> Tracer likes girls. What? That's crazy. That's crazy. Wow. First openly gay Overwatch uh, Blizzard character, and it came in this comic, which is wow. And it, this comic was not sold in Russia. That's a fun Wikipedia fact. So oh, I know that. Yeah. Uh, there's also Reinhardt and Brig who uh, use advanced military to beat up on some random guys. Really cool. They have some nice banter back and forth, though, uh, which, which is neat. And then my favorite one was when Junkrat and Roadhog, they're just dudes in love, blowing stuff up, and then they kill a billionaire at the end. And then in that same issue, like the whole thing is like it's a Scooby-Doo insurance fraud thing where like the, the billionaire guy's like, yes, we got you to blow up the building, but we insured it for twice what it's worth. So uh, that was fun. Um, more lore-wise, Doomfist, Widowmaker, and some other bad guys, they team up to create like a villain Justice League, Legion of Doom-style thing known as Talon. Uh, good old cowboy Cole Cassidy, ooh, wow, fights some dudes on a train and tosses something valuable off it, and then he smokes, and he's like, yeah, I, I'd appreciate it if you gave me a head start from the authorities. And then it's everybody claps, everybody claps. And then Bastion goes doot-doot, and Torbjorn decides that he loves him and that he will protect him. So it's really good. And the rest were really boring. I mean, these aren't all winners, I would say, but like these are, this is this is the the, the notable ones um, for my thing. That that's kind of what it is. Um, I know these answers, but what you guys play Overwatch before? You guys know Overwatch? You guys have seen images of Overwatch? Uh, yeah, I actually i I played quite a bit of the first Overwatch game. Uh, for a period of time, there there was at at one point i owned every mercy skin i was that i was a mercy main so i i at one point owned every mercy skin that was available and yes i am including in that the uh pink breast oh. cancer awareness magical girl mercy skin that you did have to pay 20 american dollars for but you also got a t-shirt which i do still own and oh you got a t-shirt for that i paid it, I, all i got was the skin all i got oh, was the skin. yeah i also i or you may have i may have like extra, paid, yeah. paid extra to get it's been it's been many years since that happened so that i don't is, i don't 100 percent remember but i did also skin that that gives value to accounts like if you're selling an account it's because it has the pink mercy skin and you that's get like 300 three hundred dollars for it or something so uh that's pretty you, funny i had never <laughs> considered that so if you want to make some money you can sell your maybe your maybe, yeah maybe so but yeah. yeah um so i i did play quite a bit of overwatch uh and i enjoyed uh overwatch for a period of time but i i did just kind of fall off and i have not played any of overwatch 2 at all and i probably won't even though Until i guess we play I it for the show Whoa! Don't tempt me. I'll do anything for content. Content, content. John, look, you've never played Overwatch, and you never will. God, no. I wish that was avowed Overwatch hater. <laughs> the problem is, my friends have horrible taste in video games and refuse to play anything good. 
And so if I want to spend time playing video games with my friends, oftentimes that means I'm forced into playing Overwatch. And so usually that just means I get really drunk and play Moira for two hours. Do you want to play tonight after the show, like half an hour after? Yeah, we. I guess. Okay, that's cool. Can play. We could play Halo or something. We could. I, but Halo, I feel like I have to think more. I, just, I want. I want to talk more. I want to catch up. You know. Okay, so fair enough. We can. Play, we can play yeah. Overwatch. Yeah, okay, play okay. Overwatch. <clears throat> See, this is Overwatch, what Overwatch. The game you don't have to think about. I get gaslit into and, playing and Overwatch scene. and scene, and and I, and I don't talk to Jean Luc at all during the game. This is all. This is all a lie. <laughs> Once we're in the game, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's actually funny because I feel like most of the time we play Overwatch, Alex and I are just like yapping, and then we have a couple friends who are really into it and are get you progressively get more annoyed as Alex we, and I just the, talk about the, shit. The thing that annoyed two members the most was, well, I think a couple months ago, we oh, reading God, every yeah. Overwatch character, we just gave them all different names based on like stupid stuff. Like, like one of the guys I think we gave the name like it's it's not Dave, but it's something like Dave because in a game. The person's battle time. No, it Dave. was it was Mark. It, Mark. It, that it was, was we, we oh, called okay. Diva Mark. Yeah. Oh Mark. Oh, and Arisa, Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it was just that. But we actually learned all the names. So we were making good callouts, and we never yeah, made we callouts. Were... But yeah, to to, to yeah. the two bigwigs who play a lot of Overwatch and know all the characters' names, they were not amused. They were not amused. <laughs> um, That's very oh, funny. That was funny. I, I mean, I've been playing Overwatch for for years and yeah i think i've talked about i was in an overwatch like in person beer league kind of thing which is lots of fun really cool to like play it in a setting that felt like oh my god it's competitive and it's in person this is wow and the people are cool and you don't have the toxicity that like you're online hell yeah uh, i mean I, I, oh do i have stories of people doing silly stuff in that league but it's in person so it's better oh i i never used voice chat in overwatch and i think that that was the best thing the best choice that I could have ever made. Yeah. I think when I play Overwatch is the only place I see anyone use the R slur anymore. And it's it's just John Luke talking to other players. Oh also I hit them with it in chat. Realized yeah. I while we while I was reading the comics for this show that I had actually read an issue of this comic before. Does anyone does anyone want to guess which one it was? It was clearly with Zarya and Symmetra team up. Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, no, it it was the Tracer comic. I I had read uh, Reflections before this. So I read it okay, when it came out. A lot of different writers on this, a lot of varying art as well. Did you guys have any ones that you actually like enjoyed throughout? Because when I was reading this, I found myself like that there were like two that I like one that I really liked. Like that Junkrat and Roadhog one just hit perfectly because it was just it was, it was campy. Extremely fun. They had a great dynamic back and forth. They blow up a building and they're they're just two dumb guys who love each other. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, like, I was skimming a lot of them eventually, and, like, most of my ratings are below 5 out of 10, and they're just like, <laughs> this is bad on so many levels, so. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I will agree. I thought that the, uh, the Junkrat and, uh, Roadhog one was the most fun to read, because I thought they had a cute dynamic. I liked the halloween one because i just like all the halloween skins so it was like fun to see them in a comic um i thought the tracer one was kind of cute even if it's maybe not like the best written uh 
but yeah, I there were several of reading several of these comics, like my eyes were definitely kind of glazing over. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of these comics are just like like character narration over scenes and you know like i get it but that's also kind of boring um yeah yeah i'd say none of these comics rose to the you know literary highs of uh overwatch deadlock rebels uh the the novel that i read a couple years ago but you know <laughs> it's, a, it's a high bar. So. Yeah. No, I didn't like any of these. No. Actually, <laughs> did, I, did, you, did you read all of them? You told me to only read. Yeah, you told okay, me I could okay. read one through ten and be done. Okay. I, the Halloween one was fun. I'll, I'll say that. I like that one was actually like okay. It's a little stupid, but is it, in in the remaining six that John Luke and I didn't read. Is there a mercy issue? I have to know. Uh, no, okay, but that's fine. Did, did you guys? So the last one you read was that the one where Bastion and Torbjorn are hanging out, and Bastion's like, doop, doop, no, doop, the no. last one is the tracer one. Yeah. Oh, okay, so you guys missed the one where Bastion's just in the woods going doop, 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 and then there's an American colonel. He's like, we gotta kill that robot, and Torbjorn's like, yes, we have to kill the robot. He's Swedish. Um, and then and then he like talks to him a little bit. He's like, we can't kill the robot, and then they he, he attacks the general. Then there's something that ties into uprising. Very boring. Another talent one. Boring. There's a second Junkrat and Hog story, but they talk the whole time. And like Roadhog's whole thing in the first one is he doesn't talk at all. He's just like, mm, mm, mm. yeah. And then there's a bad Zarya one. And number 16, I just wrote Yawn. So, and there's, there's no mercy. She might like appear, but I don't, I don't know. Which is she, kind of strange. Yeah, she appears in a couple of the comics, but uh, I, I was wondering if she got her own issue. And I am glad no. that I at least didn't miss out on that. No. Yeah. This was, I mean, easily the worst thing we read this week easily mm. like well yeah you know what yeah i it was it, it was yeah. I, th- yeah it was look you yeah. may you may not have liked the kingdom hearts manga but i feel like yeah. on a technical it, level it no was this is than... these are all pretty much like unmitigated disasters Ooh, like but you you did say something you said that some of these or a lot of them do feel like even if they have a cool idea, it feels like it's just like way too quick. Were there any? Where you, oh my god! Were, yeah, any like, specific ones where you're like, oh, like I, this is neat. So the Symmetra one, I think, okay. has. Uh, I, I never. I don't know shit about Symmetra. I, I thought that one was kind of compelling, where she kind of gets tricked uh, into. You know, she thinks she's doing something altruistic, but she's still working for you know a multinational corporation and mm-hmm. gets tricked into doing something bad. I, I think that one, if it was fleshed out a little bit more, could have been fun. I think the Torbjorn one, where he's taking down the huge mech, is interesting because, you know, you kind of always know, like playing Overwatch, like, oh yeah, there was this like Omnic threat and the robots and humans fought each other, had a war, they hated each other. But you never really get any sense for that in the world. And that at least gave you, like, built that out a little bit and i thought torbjorn's monologue well poorly written could be interesting in a different setting is his opening line is he's like in a hazmat suit and he's like it's smelly down here which is why i'm wearing this hazmat suit yeah we can see this we can we can see you wearing the suit man we can see the stink (laughs) line going up like and then i think brig and reinhardt have a fun dynamic 
the problem is, is that that issue is like, you know, so condensed and so badly paced that you don't actually get enough time to see them. Like they, they basically do like one extremely Reddit line about uh, eating a pork sandwich or something, mm-hmm. but like you get the sense of like, okay, maybe there could be something. I know they have like a sort of father daughter thing going mm-hmm. on in theory. It's, it's also pretty. Like there, there's some action in there. Where yeah, yeah. It, but there's like so little action. It's like and now it's done. The, the biggest problem is that I don't know exactly how these were released. I assume they're like digital releases because they're short. But like, I feel like if these were actually like full, like twenty to thirty page one shots, like there would be a lot more room for them to actually build out the characters and it seems like such a missed opportunity because a big part of overwatch's initial success was that people liked the character designs oh, yeah like and even i like i, I mean, that's you know, how i ended up playing overwatch a game that is not the type of game that i usually play yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i i would do some truly horrible things to the people who made that game but you know, the I do like the character designs. I think mm-hmm. that they have some, like, really interesting, like, the, the, some of the characters look really interesting visually and have, like, interesting, like, connections between, like, their aesthetics and, like, the abilities that they have that I think is fun. So, like, it feels like such a missed opportunity to just do these extremely bare bones takes on the on the characters rather than actually allowing the space to really develop them although i can see why it would be a double-edged sword from you know the developer's perspective in terms of like you kind of want them to be blank slates that people can project uh, on to project on to i mean people were really mad when tracer was had a girlfriend Mm -hmm. for example so i you know i i think there's probably stuff like that where they don't want to really fill in the backstory too much but I would like to point out that two of the comics that we read this week featured characters named Emily. That's true. Wow. That's things you Uh, know. Emily is not really in in she's not really in the Dishonored comic very much. Yeah, but her name comes up. Well, I was gonna say her name comes up a lot, but that's probably because I did read the little blurb at the beginning of every comic to make sure that I understood what was going on. Yeah, no, her name comes up a couple times. Yeah, makes you makes you think. Really makes you think. Mm. The the lasting cultural impact of Emily's everywhere. Well, my I this is a fun fact about uh, me. It, I don't know if I've ever told you guys this story, but the reason that my name is Emily is uh, my mom's name is Jana, and when she was growing up, that was not a very common name, so she would always get uh-huh. people like calling her like Janet or Janice or whatever. And so when she was having children, uh she only had me and my sister and we're twins. She picked the two most popular names for that year, Ashley and Emily, so that like nobody I would th- ever get our names wrong. I think I have heard this. I, I, yeah, I may have told you that story, but uh, that that's how I ended up with a name that is everywhere also. It's a good By name. design. <laughs> Emily is a good name. I, I like Emily. It's a fine name, yeah. Emily's cool. I am yeah, cool, thank you. I, I like Alright, uh, I guess we can go to more, now that we've talked about everything. Yeah. A couple discussion questions. Uh, number one here is, should gamers have rights? No. Emily. No, absolutely Emily? not. No, no? No, not not into that. Cool. I, you know my answer. Uh, <laughs> Gaming really is evil. That. 
Yeah. Uh, do you guys, how do you, how do you think they, I guess, seriously, how do you think that the comics did in adapting the actual material? I or like making, or as video game adaptations in general. I think mostly that the Kingdom Hearts manga is fine. I think that they really like hop, skip and jump over the beginning stuff on the island. Uh, so you kind I feel like there's some of like the like struggle with like Sora and Riku that happens like when all the shit on the island is happening that doesn't really translate or it wasn't really translated into the manga as uh, impactfully as I feel like it is in the game. But uh, other than that, like I've read, I've read this volume before and some of volume two, and uh, I feel like it does a fine job of the, these are the events of kingdom hearts. In a yeah, I was going to say, Kingdom Hearts felt a little condensed. I, I obviously haven't played the game, so I don't know. But it, it really did feel condensed. like mm-hmm. oh, they, they sacrificed a lot of like I don't know, like NPC character dialogue that might mm-hmm. happen while you're just like running around the world. And yeah, just hitting the big plot beats. That's pr- part of the problem. Is like if you do just take the plot beats, like there's not as much that's actually happening. A lot of like what happens in Kingdom Hearts is like interacting with the world and doing shit so um but as far as like adapting just the story like i think the kingdom hearts manga is fine and i think the art is cute so yeah we didn't even touch on the art but it's like kingdom hearts looks it does look really good yeah i i think that they they did a good job with the art and kind of capturing the the aesthetic of the there wasn't games I guess there wasn't like very detailed backgrounds, but like the characters were all like consistent, which you don't get yeah. in a lot of manga, I feel. Mm-hmm. So that was neat. Yeah. I, I feel like Dishonored does a good job of like adapting the world, at least. I, even if like, you know, the adapting the characters is a little tougher, but it, it does feel like a very like well done rendition of Dunwall um, in terms of like, like visually especially even though it's like a different visual style from the games i think it does a good job and tonally too actually like it's got the sort of like it's a very like edgy 2012 kind of tone but it fits for for the world in the story. i feel like it's the visual like. style I, I said there were really no traces of the stealth stuff going on but i feel like yeah. it does sort of convey that like shadowiness to it where you're like yeah this kind of thing so as much as you don't really get it in the plot all that much and, and see it happen like the art is kind of like in some yeah. ways carrying that on. The, there are elements of the game that I think are much more like intentionally ugly, like in terms of like the architecture and like some of the character models. Whereas like in the comic things kind of look very nice, uh, generally speaking. So I think that's a little bit different, but I, you know, other than that, I think it does a good job. Overwatch is really hard to say, right? Because like, it doesn't have a story or characters it's, in the game, right? So it's, it's like, like it's quick to read, and like as a companion piece, where like you are filling in some lore and getting some character stuff. It's like, you know, if it was longer and stayed this quality, I think it'd be offensive. But it's like they're so short <laughs> and they're so like probably like sporadically released. Like sixteen in two years isn't you're probably getting like no less than one a month. And when it pops up, probably like oh I'll read it. And you'd be like oh this one actually I actually liked or like. More likely, you'll be like, oh, okay, back to the game, because that's what I actually enjoy. 
and you're just you're just really the thing about these comics is they're secondary to the animated shorts which i i think are quite quite good for the most part and like you know beautifully animated they have some they do a much better job of giving this little slice of a character that actually gives some heart and like does something with it as opposed to this where it feels like it feels like someone it feels like a wikipedia article a lot of the time where they're just regurgitating yeah. stuff about like here's yes Soldier. here's what he's doing uh, i will say doing. of the ones that we read the overwatch one feels the most like marketing like yeah. it feels like here's the blurb about the characters that we would put on the website yeah, the, yeah. you know get you into the game i don't think any of them you really get much more than a paragraph blurb of character either it's just like yeah 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 I mean, like, it's it's interesting they chose this to be the place where they're, like, confirmed that Tracer is, you know, is gay. And they're like, oh, well, it's yeah, I mean, a comic book. But didn't they yeah. just do that again, too, with um, Baptiste and some of the other characters where they released, like, a, a, a like a short story on their website that confirmed that a bunch of the characters were queer, but yeah, then, probably. Like, didn't do much with it. Like, it, it very much feels like it's... Like that in particular feels like let's try to get we know we have like some portion of our audience is like LGBT. Let's like grab them and like show them we give a shit, but in the way that yeah. like people if we really just like put it out on the down low. Yeah, like oh, read it. Know. Check it out. It's like yeah. if we don't put it yeah. in the actual game, we have plausible deniability. Yeah. But yeah, we can yeah, also exactly. celebrate it when it benefits us. Oh, it's yeah. Pride Month. Oh, Yo, it's Pride Month. Check this shit out. But yeah, and then also it's like, just going back to like the animated shorts, it always felt like, okay, like, just do a, you know, a Netflix series, do an animated one. And this was like at the prime of it more so, where like it would have been such a surefire hit if you did it. And I know like it's easier said than done, like, oh, just make an animated series about these characters. But like, well, it's funny because th- now they are doing it, right? They they are there. There there was a piece of news like last year about an Overwatch right. animated series. Yeah, which well, you know, I'll believe just it. Just seems I see like, it. yeah. Well, sure. Like being in production is very different than yeah actually being oh, released. No, because but... they did release some like some shorts, not like short. It was oh, like um, maybe that's like, like anime of. style. It's like an animated mini series. Yeah. It actually did start streaming last year. I haven't okay. watched it. Um, and it was a different style than they did with their shorts, which the shorts were like just gorgeous. And it's the like, shorts were like in the game style, but in yeah, like a yeah. you know like pre-rendered way that made them look yeah. really nice. I I watched several of those shorts actually, like, and I I enjoyed them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, these comics just feel like a secondary thing to those shorts, where it's yeah. like, oh, we also people read comics, I guess. Yeah, we listen to <laughs> you know. We listen to the comics podcast and those guys keep reading. So <laughs> we'll keep going. Yeah. I, I One thing I think is kind of interesting is that the three picks that we had were all kind of like different takes on porting video games to comics. Like, yeah. Kingdom Hearts is just a straight adaptation. Mm-hmm. Overwatch is one of those things where like the game doesn't have a story. So like 
it's an attempt to like inject some narrative to the characters and with Dishonored it's just like a complete side story mm-hmm. yeah. like that's yeah. not like it's cool but it's not consequential to what happens in the games you know? yeah yeah so and, it's I mean of those three I think the way to do it is is Dishonored even if it like I, I think honestly Kingdom Hearts I enjoyed the most because I, so, something about when they were talking just like just made me <laughs> made me very happy but uh, you know like I think the way to do it if you had to choose one of the three ways, I think like tell telling a story in the world for the fans of the game and like trying yeah. to highlight the things that you know are cool and the things that you think that like the things you're confident that you're like this is why people like our game, this is why we like our game kind of thing. Let's put some of this stuff in it. The, um, honestly, the Dishonored comic is kind of achieving what the Overwatch comics are going for. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Like. It's it's for the people who play the game, and it's a side yeah. story for them. Extra Whereas, like lore. the Overwatch comics are in, kind of in this weird middle point where they're like trying to get people into the game, mm-hmm. which you know prevents them yeah. from really like yeah. I think being compelling to people they're, who play the so game. They're just so throwaway, and like you gain nothing by reading most of them. Like I, I I'd yeah. say one or two, I'm like, oh, I this agree. is cool. But like most of yeah. them, just like they're just they're just so nothing burgers, and they're over so quickly. It's like yeah, huh. yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. And and the, the Kingdom Hearts one is interesting because, like, the fact that it was published in a magazine is kind of interesting to me that it makes it feel more like a mar- – also kind of like a marketing thing. I don't know if it was released before or after the game, but it definitely feels like – like, the reading the comic doesn't feel that way, but knowing the way it was put out makes it feel like, oh, this is, like, something that they put in a gaming magazine that would, like – gamers would read that and then be like oh i kind of I, I think this is cool and then check out yeah. the video game as I mean, a result like, of that, knowing is... that there's just so much story and it's so confusing and it's thing like i understand like just doing a straight adaptation and, and like someone like giving people who don't want to actually play the game but want to experience the the narrative yeah. there there is value in that for sure yeah and i also think that there's just you know from a marketing perspective i think just the elevator pitch of it for people of like hey it's Disney characters with Kingdom Hearts with uh, Final Fantasy characters like I think people actually seeing that if you're somebody who really likes either Disney or Final Fantasy mm-hmm. probably is pretty effective I don't know Was yeah I, I checked the dates and uh, Kingdom Hearts the first game came out in 2002 and uh, I don't I don't strictly have years on uh, when the uh when the manga started serialization, but since the Tonkaban was released in 2003, I would imagine that oh, it was yeah. probably either like, if not early 2003, then like, you know, also in 2002 when the game came out. So they were probably yeah. released pretty close together. Yeah. So yeah, it, make, it <laughs> makes sense that this would also uh, function as a bit of an advertisement for the game i mean that's kind of what all of these are even the dishonored one even though it's like a different thing like these are at you know part of the marketing campaign absolutely yeah just read it and enjoy that like the stopping point is not oh i read this comic cool the end it's like uh uh-huh yeah Yeah. it's like now would you like to pay 60 dollars for our video game Yeah. yeah um which is you know it's it's an interesting method. It's an interesting like marketing attempt because like I, I do love a tie-in are, comic. I love a tie. I'm I'm not opposed to tie-ins. I like tie-ins. It's just like especially for video games, it feels so weird because the video game industry is like 
So and from different. Final Fantasy, maybe it's different. I don't, I don't know like what the dynamics are of like the manga in Japan. Mm-hmm. I assume I, I get the sense that it's much more popular than like. Oh, yeah. But like the fact that like how are you going to buy a comic published by Titan Books and then somehow turn that into a sale for the Dishonored video <laughs> game? Like it just yeah. seems like. So few people go into comic book stores and read comics anyway that would even yeah. really exist. Like, the amount of money you make on these comics is less than on a thousand copies of Dishonored, probably. And like, oh yeah, hundred oh, percent. Like it, it seems like such a weird decision to like to use comics as a marketing thing in in that sense. I yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think part of it is just like people are still stuck with like, hey, you know, comics used to be so 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 big, and like didn't last very long there i mean i guess you know maybe like 30 40 years in that as that cultural sort yeah. of like they're huge 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 and like people i guess if you're looking at executives and people of, of that t- like that time they probably grew up around there too and it's like yeah and it's why not like why not have your thing in as many places you can be and making well, comics is probably pretty cheap because yes yeah that, it, it, yeah, not so it, it's, it's not going to make money as much as a video game, but it's a hell of a lot cheaper. Doesn't than, cost anything, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's also this like attempt, I think, by a lot of things where if you have like an IP that people find interesting, there's an attempt to push it into like make make it do like all these transmedia projects to make it as big as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. it didn't work out for Dishonored, but not yet. You know, I mean, you see, like, you see it with a lot of video games where they're just like pumping out novels. Like, I mean, Halo has like two dozen novels and tons of comics and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I wonder if it's, it's kind of interesting. Like, wonder if it's just the Star Wars effect, really, where like that. Yeah, know, I, so much stuff, and it was so successful. The the expanded you back then. Star Trek, like, Star Wars, and Star Trek both yeah. kind of paved the way for that. I feel where they had like the successful movies and TV series that then. Yeah became successful lines of novels and comics and i, Which is I feel like really since then interesting too because like that i mean because i'm reading like the the stuff that happens right after episode six in the olden days yeah um, and i'm reading the novels and I, I hit that point where it's like I, I i'm reading the next novel in order and it's like oh no but you missed the comic series where palpatine returned and died again yeah and it's like yeah. what what so yeah. like there also was a time where like they would put major plot things into comic books as a viable like no this is like how oh, people are and now they put them in fortnite that yeah i mean oh, the yeah. interesting thing about dishonored is that like most of the characterization pre because dishonored 2 takes place like 20 years after the first game and there's a whole prequel novel about that takes place from emily's point of view which like when I played Dishonored 2 and then I read the book after and then played Dishonored 2 again, like it just completely reframes like the story of that game in a way that's kind of interesting. But like it, it's it's it, it is that same effect that you mentioned, Alex, of like all of a sudden there's all this stuff that you have to read and it's like, I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. too big. It's hard to say. But uh, I think unless we have any final thoughts, we can wrap up the discussion of our of the video game adaptations. We have one one final um, question. Our classic Do we? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Do you yeah. want to ask so, it? So I'll ask it. So uh, from each book, and it, we, we can say three answers each. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, but which character cries the most? Ooh, Emily, you want to hit it up first? A little bit of cry, crying? Um, Not necessarily in the, the book that we read, but I would say in Kingdom Hearts, I, Sora definitely cries the most. Um, That's good. I... 
I have no idea who I would pick for either of the other comics. <laughs> I think Anna cries a lot. In, sure, uh, yeah. Overwatch. I think that's because like, she like killed a lot of people and then was like, oh man, do they deserve yeah. it? And then she kind of like has a bad relationship with her daughter. She does. Yeah. But her daughter's yeah. also like joined the same like organization that she was a part of. So it's like. Which she didn't really want. Yeah. it's yeah. See, there's a story there. There is a story there that could be interesting, but it's. Uh, yeah. You know. But they yeah. didn't do that. No. No. Um, Nobody cries in Dishonored. It's an M-rated video game franchise. I was going to say that. I'm like, it, no, it doesn't no, seem I, like anybody cries. Maybe the nephew. He seemed like a little bitch, and then he died. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's because he wasn't really real. real. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. What well, yeah. wasn't even real still still cried more than any other character, so... That's that's well, why yeah, that's, he was the only one who cried. I knew, I knew that he was a, a demon soul, a, a, a an upper shadow because he cried, right? And like no one in Dishonored shows emotion. They're just like, yeah. yes, you've dishonored me. No, they do show emotion. No, no, I know. emotion. That classic catchphrase from the game Dishonored: "You've dishonored me." Every time you kill someone, <laughs> even if it's by stealth and they don't see you, they they pause and say, "You have dishonored me," and then they. That would be so cool. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What, what if the next... Would you be angry, Jean-Luc, if the next Dishonored game was, like, super immersive, all that, but every time it died, it played that same clip? Uh, no. Be- because it would mean we got another Dishonored game, which, as it currently stands, does not look good. Fair. Although, the the studio is making a Blade game. Uh, That's so cool. Which, and Deathloop was rad. Deathloop was That so does... Cool. Yeah, that does sound like Gwen loves the Deathloop. right... Oh, yeah. Deathloop is awesome. Uh, I love Deathloop. Redfall, not so much, but the oh, prospect shit, of the Dishon- the prospect of the Dishonored team making a Blade game sounds pretty cool. It's funny because Redfall me. is also vampire related. So but it's I- Arcane Austin, not Arcane oh. Leon. The French are the French. The French side of Arcane is goaded at making video games. Nice. The American side is like it's. Still, they made they made Prey. It was. Fun. It still I makes see. me wonder, like. You, they probably had a lot of content planned for vampire-related things, and now oh, they're like, "Well, maybe we don't put it for Redfall anymore. Maybe we, yeah, maybe we well, shift it over to Blade." But yeah, uh, in Overwatch, the person who cries the most is clearly the reader. Me, yeah, because it's bad or Bastion. Because I have so to play it. Everybody just wants to kill him, and he's just going beep boop beep boop beep beep boop. He's just a little guy. In Kingdom Wait, do you guys Heart, hear that? Is uh-oh. that the? Do you guys hear the beep boop beep boop beep boop? Oh yeah. What's that sound? Oh, yeah. What is that sound? It's the doomsday clock, I think. Oh shit. Wow. Yeah, Golly. Uh, that's that's how we start our cry space. Where we talk about one thing that made us cry in some way. Um do either of you have a prepared cry space? Yes. Alright. Yes, I do. So, I have a prop for mine, so if you want to go, I'll be Ooh, that's exciting. Back. That's a very big dildo. That's, <laughs> that's there. Oh my god, look at the thing in the back, though. Look at that little guy. Is that a... Is that a Piplup? I do believe it is a Piplup. It's a Piplup. He's cute. He's very cute. Uh, my cry. Ah, yay! He picked up the pip. Oh, it's even bigger. Oh, he's so big. It is a. It, it, it really looks way smaller from which makes sense, but like, 
It's uh, yeah. it's my Piplup Squishmallow that my sister got me. Aww, uh, cute. It's those things are surprisingly lovely to hug. They're like pillows. Yeah, that wasn't the prop though. Oh that my! Oh, that's wow. A, that one actually looks like a marshmallow. That's a big moves. guy. Yeah. yeah. Squishmallows are really comfortable. I, was that your prop you were bringing? No, that wasn't my prop. But if I you think. want to go ahead, you can. Um, my, I have not been. Uh, I've been watching too much football these last few days because, because <laughs> not not so much. I mean, I don't not not want to watch football. It's like cool, but I wouldn't have watched every game. But but I I, I got a code and I got into I got into gambling. You see, because I got a free. Oh no! Dollars. I I got hooked right. Oh so no! Then, so then I had to watch the games and I'm like, you need to throw for ten more yards. And then they oh, didn't. Not another member of the friend group lost to but, sports gambling. But, but I'm done. I'm done of gambling and I'm up $287 okay. and it's in my PayPal what? now. All right. So, that's my gambling journey. Uh, uh, but it no makes, more gambling. It makes me feel icky. Like, even after I got all that yeah. money, you know, that money, it's like, great. Never again. That was fun. That was fun. But also shout out to Jean Luc and his his. By this point, they've already shout won the, Super to the Bowl. Detroit Lions, baby. We're winning the Super Bowl. We're going all the way. I'm, I'm yeah. a believer. Emily, do you have a cry space? I thought love was only true in fairy tales. I wish I had. No, I don't know that. Reference. I wish I had that clip oh. in the soundboard. That would have been it's really. I'm good. a believer song. Yeah. Oh, is it, then I saw her face. Yeah. Yeah, as made popular by the most major motion picture show. Emily. Yeah. Um, my cry space is that um I've mentioned Gwen and I's roommate on here a couple of times, and he has officially moved to Sweden uh and, and is gone. They left literally today. I've oh got God. his old computer chair that uh Hell he, yeah. he sold to us Yo. for a really good deal because he did not want to have to take it across the pond as it you were. You look like you would be playing Overwatch too. I know, right? I look like a gamer. <laughs> yeah. Uh and this chair won't uh randomly start uh lowering me as <laughs> happened during the recording of the last episode. Uh, uh-huh. so that's my my cry space is that um I, I mean, honestly, like, realistically, we're probably never going to see him again, which is, you know, like, it's fine. He's going to, you know, like, he, he's going to have, like, a, a, you know, a good and happy life over there. He's he's with his partner, uh, and she's really great, but... Um, no plans to go to Sweden? I mean, just, you know, like, realistically, like, you know, going to Sweden would be cool, but if we're going to take, like, a... If we're gonna take an international trip, like you'll go to Norway. I yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely I'm going yeah. to Norway because uh, as everyone knows, the Norway ride was my favorite ride uh, at Epcot. So I've got to go. Well, is it, was that the log guess, ride? Yeah, like it, log yeah, ride? it was the log ride. Yeah. They <laughs> also had really would, good cheese would, nearby. It's the one that they turned into the frozen ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would go to Sweden over Norway because there's a Mountain Goats album named Sweden, and there's not a Mountain Goats album named Norway. You so. know, you make a mm. really compelling case here. But there's more Mountain Goats in Norway. Ooh, hmm. interesting. So, really weighing the options, but wow. but yeah, uh, you know, it, it's also uh, like it's a happy cry because you know, like he made it out of fucking Mississippi, which I am also. Uh, 
working on doing in the next couple of months. Uh, my, yeah, I Sweden. guess. My, yeah, and I'm going to move to Sweden. Yeah, but I'm not going to see our old roommate. I mean, no, no, I'm, no. Even, Fuck even that if person. we live, uh, even if we live near each other, we're that part of your life is over. Yeah, let the past die. <laughs> Kill it if you have to. Kill it if you have to. Uh, so yeah, that that's me this week. My cry space is that I remembered an old bit we used to do on the comics podcast, and I, nothing really made me cry. But instead, I have some Ooh. vegan Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Hell uh, real yeah. heads will know we used to do ice cream reviews. Ice cream on reviews. The comics podcast. That was my favorite segment. One of one of Chad's uh, greatest creations. So I have, uh, I've never tried this before. It is the uh, vegan Ben and Jerry's Tonight Dough, uh, which was one of my favorite Ben and Jerry's flavors when I was not a vegan. And I had never seen it before in the vegan variety until this week. So it is, it has a lot of shit in it. It's caramel and chocolate non-dairy frozen dessert not ice cream uh, <laughs> with chocolate cookie swirls and gobs of chocolate chip cookie dough and peanut butter cookie dough. I, I love so, gobs as the unit of measurement. Gobs yeah, gobs is, is like... gobs is great. So mm. I'm excited to try this. I I've tried vegan Ben and Jerry's before and I do really like it. So, but this is made with almond milk and I'm not sure all of theirs are made mm-hmm. with almond milk. I think some might be made with oat, but I'm not sure. Interesting. So it's also the first time I'm doing one of these with, on camera. So you guys get to watch me. So that's how you eat. A couple bites of ice cream. <laughs> you you eat spoon weird. I mean, you hold. I mean, do I? Do I hold my spoon weird? No, it's regular. <laughs> you hold your spoon so regular, John. So regular. I'm the most normal spoon holder. Now, like, now look at the this camera. This is pretty good. Now look at the camera and say, "I'm regular now." <laughs> I'm regular now. Perfect. Perfect. I'm glad I like this. Good. Um, it it tastes pretty similar to the. The the non-vegan version, you can definitely tell it's made with almond milk, though, from the taste. Like, you get that little almondy aftertaste, which I think is actually pretty pleasant. Um, the biggest thing with vegan ice cream is often the texture is bad. Hmm. But this is actually quite good. It, it doesn't really melt in your mouth as much as ice cream should. But it's mostly fine. Um, that is really always my biggest issue with like non-dairy products is the texture. Mm-hmm. So this doesn't have like, sometimes I've, I've had vegan ice cream in the past. It's very like, kind of just feels like you're eating frozen milk, which is yeah. gross. Yeah. It's not gross, but it's not ice cream. Yeah. Um, this is not exactly nailing the texture, but it is doing a good enough approximation. Is it is it more um, brain freezy or less brain freezy than regular ice cream? It's actually not brain freezy at all. Oh yeah, but I don't get brain freezes easily. Damn, um, big brain. And the cookie dough tastes very good. I just ate wow. a piece of it without any of the ice cream because I love cookie Damn. dough. Um, I also love cookie so. This, this, this. It's not a video podcast. So I don't know why I'm holding it up like I'm doing a. Bit. <laughs> You're showing us. Yeah. Uh, Crying in the Book Club wholeheartedly endorses uh, Ben and Jerry's almond milk, uh, the Tonight, tonight Dough, with non-dairy with, frozen With the dessert. caveat that it would be higher rated if Jimmy Fallon wasn't on it, right? I I don't know shit about Jimmy Fallon. I know people don't like him. I just like the ice cream man. Like He's I will say, very the, the, not funny. Okay, I will say I prefer the Stephen Colbert one, and I do. I haven't watched <laughs> Stephen Colbert in like ten years. 
So I don't know if he's been funny, like doing his, uh, but I loved the Colbert report. He is, John, he is consistently funnier. John Oliver's British okay. though, which is a, which true, is a negative, which means I, I like fucking him. hate him. <laughs> no, I, I actually think John Oliver is like fairly, pr- like pretty funny. Yeah. All things considered. But yeah, it didn't make me cry. It's not good or bad enough to make me cry, <laughs> but it is very good. So Excellent. Wait a minute. You know what? We should have chat on in two weeks to talk about something because this ice cream. We should have chat on in two weeks. Unfortunately, we're not going to have chat on for another month. Wow. Um, Oh, because next episode we. Yeah, this is where the recording out of order gets confusing. Um, Two weeks from now. Oh, my God. Two weeks from now, we will be uh, kicking off February with the first half of Grant Morrison's new X-Men. Uh, which we will be, because it is so long, we will be splitting it across two episodes and doing it uh, one episode for each of our two releases in February. Yay. But then in March, Chad will be here. And actually, we should ask him to prepare an ice cream review Yeah, uh, to talk about Jeff Lemire's uh, 2017, 2018 um, masterpiece book feel we good. all really like the Royal feel good City. comic of the year i've I never feel read good it. comic oh, the no. comics podcast number one comic book of 2018 i believe no, i think that i think that was still snot girl well yeah but like you know the honorary number one but not really the number yeah. one in our hearts always the same but you know we have to you know i said it as a joke because i didn't think snot girl was out then but it was out then and it just it hasn't had an issue in so long so it's fine <laughs> yeah so for once we have a bunch of stuff planned for the next few episodes so you can get ahead on your reading if you yeah. if reading along or something you like to do. Uh, but we will see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Garfield is saying goodbye. I don't know if any of the Garfield stuff is on the recording, but there's a dying Garfield I in Alex's so. room and he's waving goodbye. <laughs>